Hello and welcome to the Sex Within Marriage podcast. My name is JD and I blog over at uncoveringintimacy.com and this is episode 100 and I wanted to do something a little different for our 100th episode and I was struggling to figure out what it should be. And then an opportunity presented itself. You see, my children are in 4-H and if you don't know what 4-H is, many people describe it as scouts for farm kids. Now that's not quite accurate as we have some kids from the city in our club as well, but a lot of the projects tend to involve farm animals of some sort and so farm kids naturally gravitate towards it. But we also do things like archery. Uh, And in general, you can choose what you want to be involved in. However, there is one project that all 4-H members must complete each year, writing and delivering a speech. Uh, You have to deliver your speech in front of your club, about 40 kids and their parents, and often grandparents. And if you place first or second in your age category, then you go on to deliver your speech at the district level, and then you do it again in front of twice as many people. If you win there, then you go on again to the next level. It's a fun day, and the members, that is the children, teens, and young adults, uh, they often spend weeks or months preparing for, writing, editing, practicing, and sometimes memorizing their speeches. Um, Some are secretive about it, not wanting to give any hints to anyone about what they feel is a winning speech. Others will often recite it to anyone who happens to be within earshot at any given time. Our club is competitive regarding the speeches, but in a friendly way. There's lots of laughing and joking and encouragement and praise from the other kids when it's done, but many of them definitely want to win. Today I wanted to share with you my eldest daughter's speech. Because this is our first year in 4-H, this is the first speech she's ever written at 16 years old, and she delivered it at our local club against many others who had been doing speeches annually for years. Uh, The external judges our club brought in to officiate decided to, frankly, kill her chances of winning because of the topic. Uh, They placed her fourth out of four in her age group, and everyone in the club was shocked and confused, including the second and third place winners who stepped down so that my daughter could go into districts in her in their place now she anticipated a similar thing happening at the next level so she decided to tweak her speech not to win but to have a bigger impact at district she plays third out of eight with one of the two judges later telling her that she had scored her speech as the highest score and believe it should have been first and again many people came to her afterwards telling her how great they thought it was and how important the message was to get out So I made her an offer. If she recorded her speech, I would publish it on my podcast as my 100th episode. Instead of only reaching maybe 150 people who had heard it, uh, I figured I could put it in front of thousands of people. So if you like it and you think it would help others, please share it. If you want to give her encouragement, leave a comment on the blog post or social media or email me and I'll relay it. Uh, If you want to hear more about her journey, let me know. She said she'd be willing to share more of it if it will help people. So, without further ado, here's her speech. Mom, Dad, I don't feel like a girl at all. I'm a boy. I want a new name. Those are words I hope you never have to hear. Unfortunately, in today's society where kids are encouraged in this line of thinking, you just might. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. There are many statistics and numbers I could pull for you all the rates of homelessness and depression for these children, and how there are far more trans kids than any previous generation. But statistics are harder to remember and don't make for as good of a speech. Instead, I've found stories, instances, and anecdotes, things I hope will stick with you after today. Like the BC Children's Hospital, 
It has a gender clinic where they clearly advertise they will give puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones to children. In fact, they do not accept referrals from patients after their 17th birthday. Maybe that was obvious given it's a children's hospital, but I found it both surprising and disturbing. There's also this strange new phenomenon where parents are deciding to raise their kids without a gender. They call their babies babies, as in a baby uses they-them pronouns. They've decided to let their kid pick whether they are a boy or a girl when they are old enough. These parents are actively attempting to divorce the relationship between body and brain. Maybe you think that's all well and good. Not for you and your kids, but others can parent however they want. As long as it does not encroach on your parenting. Well, that's not the case anymore. Global News wrote an article about a Supreme Court case in BC where the father of a 15-year-old girl opposed his daughter transitioning to appear as a boy. He lost the case. His daughter has been living socially as a boy since she was 11 and has been, quote, exploring transition treatment since 13. The court decided his daughter did not need his consent and was mature enough to make these decisions. A 15-year-old girl was given permission to take synthetic hormones against her parents' wishes, something she obviously cannot understand the consequences of. There are also cases of schools keeping a child's gender identity secret from parents, allowing the child to go by a new name and new pronouns without the parents knowing. The Greater Essex Country District School Board, located in Windsor, Ontario, has a policy for transgender youth. In Section 2, labeled Privacy, it states, quote, There may be circumstances in which the student seeking accommodations is not open about their gender identity at home. A school should never disclose a student's gender identity, chosen name, and or pronouns to the student's parents guardians without the student's explicit prior consent. When contacting home, the student should be consulted first to determine an appropriate way to reference the student's gender identity, chosen name, and or pronouns. This is true regardless of the age of the student, unquote. So, these parents are being left in the dark when it comes to their child's struggles and life. This is one of the ways that they discourage good child-parent relationships. Children are being encouraged to leave what is supposed to be their best support system, their parents and their family. Any schools within this district will go behind parents' backs and call a student by a new name and pronouns without ever informing the parents. As long as the student wishes it to be kept a secret, they will go along. If you go onto social media, especially TikTok, there are many, many trans influencers who actively encourage kids to explore their gender identity. And when these kids inevitably end up confused and miserable, they are instructed not to tell their parents and are told instead on how to get things like chest binders or go by a new name without their parents knowing. I was one such victim, and they are incredibly persuasive. When a child is confused and looking for anything to hang on to, strangers on the internet suddenly seem like the most trustworthy people ever, especially when they tell you they know exactly what you're going through and how to fix all your problems. Everything they say is the solution, and parents are known as the enemies unless they let you do whatever you want. Everything they tell children leads to the child trusting their parents less and less. These parents, policies, and court cases eventually lead to the same thing, a rejection of reality for the child, and if you as the parent don't agree, well, then a ruining of child-parent relationship is in store. Children are being taught to lie to their parents and do things without them knowing. Of course kids have their rebellious phases, but that phase has never before included permanently destroying their body under the guise of mental health. 
They are trusting the school and government with their issues more than their own parents. Often parents don't even know their kid is struggling until one day it's all sprung on them, and if they don't go along, they're threatened with court. I'd love to tell you all about how to prevent this or fix this problem in our culture and youth, or how to make sure it never comes to your door. But I am unfortunately running out of time, and I hope I've adequately explained the danger our youngest generations are in, and that you all know a little bit more about this crisis in your youth. Thank you for your time.